The Claude 3 model family by Anthropic is your one-stop shop for enterprise AI. Haiku is lightning fast and cost-effective. Sonnet strikes the perfect balance between skills and speed. And Opus sets new industry benchmarks for intelligence. Learn more at anthropic.com slash Claude. So, what would you say are your greatest strengths? Oh, uh, I, um, ugh. I'm Erin Delmore, and this is As We Work from The Wall Street Journal. How many times have you been asked to brag about yourself? Personally, I hate it. It usually rears its ugly head in job interviews or performance reviews, and there's no getting around it. Seriously. Some researchers studied the reaction when people got coy or avoided talking about their greatest strengths altogether. They found that it actually made others suspicious if a person didn't answer the question and take the opportunity to brag. Which goes to show, it's worth learning how to do it right. Because the truth is, no one's going to stand up for you or communicate your wins or get you noticed like you can. It's especially important right now, when a lot of us are grappling with economic uncertainty and possible layoffs. Let's be clear, though. This isn't about talking over everyone else, or stealing the spotlight, or humble bragging. It's about advocating for yourself and building your own reputation bit by bit, channeling your inner salesperson, taking matters into your own hands to get the credit you deserve. But it can be so uncomfortable. Let's hear Shashank Tomar tell it. He works in Houston at an energy company, and he leads a team there. I'm worried that... If I talk too explicitly about my own accomplishments with my peers, I may be perceived as kind of less likable person, somebody who is a little more self-centered and less team-oriented. Shashank, I feel you. And a lot of people reached out to us to tell us they feel the same way. But, dear listeners, it's time for some tough love. You have to do it. It's non-negotiable. The research backs up the power of sharing your successes. In one study, a group of job seekers who engaged in self-promotion actually got higher ratings in the interview process than the group that didn't brag as much. But it is difficult, especially these days with hybrid work, when you just can't casually drop by somebody's office to give them a status update or get a word in at the end of a meeting to mention your latest win before everybody logs off. It's something Elizabeth Muldoon is thinking about. She works in corporate lending, and if you asked her about her greatest strengths, she'd probably mention her soft skills, which are now harder to sell and even harder to use now that she's working remotely. In other teams I've been on, um, I've really been able to build relationships with people because I've been in an office setting and the soft skills, the relationship building, like the emotional intelligence were things that got me promoted in previous roles. And now that I feel like there's a wall between, you know, Zoom screens, it's, it's harder for me to self-promote those skills. So what do you do? Now in an era of hybrid work, I've told people they have to brag double because they have to notice who's in a room for a meeting and who's online and do you need to connect with that person directly mm-hmm. after. That's Meredith Feynman. And when it comes to striking the right tone on self-promotion, Meredith wrote the book. Literally. It's called Brag Better. Master the Art of Fearless Self-Promotion. It's a call-out to what she calls the qualified quiet. The many of us who don't speak up to sell our own work, not because we don't deserve it, but because we don't have the tools. Meredith saw it time and again when she was working in public relations, stunned by all the accomplished people she represented who couldn't talk about how accomplished they were. 
Now she coaches her clients on visibility and voice through one-on-one sessions and brag better boot camps. Everyone should be communicating about their work. This is this is my thing. Overall, on a grand scale, why I do the work that I do is I care that we get more thoughtful, truthful, qualified voices into the mix and feeling good about themselves. It actually weeds out the people who are a lot of talk, a lot of hot air. The people who aren't doing the hard work, they are talking about it. But if people who are, are talking about it, it's it makes it sort of an impossible choice not to choose the person who's actually doing the hard work because it's showing and it's telling. Today, she's answering your questions and mine, including this one from Laura Fricker. Laura's the executive director for temporary staffing at Johns Hopkins Medicine, and she's trying to figure out how the accomplishments of the team jibe with the accomplishments of the team leader, who, in this case, is her. The accomplishments of my team are really that, the accomplishments of the team. But the ideas, the guidance, the overall leadership comes from the leader, right? So my accomplishment as a team leader is to develop and grow a team that has these awesome accomplishments. So I guess the question is, when I'm bragging about my team's accomplishments, when do I talk about my own accomplishments, my own leadership abilities within those team successes? Laura thinks she's starting from square one on this quest to speak up about herself. But that's not how Meredith sees it. Not at all. You actually had a lot of great brags in there, Laura. You can say, like, I am so proud of the team I've cultivated. I'm so proud of my leadership in in creating a well-rounded team that likes their work, that communicates well, that does a good job. And I love being this kind of leader. You still led in a thoughtful Um, positive way that led to good work. You just got to say it and say, I'm very proud of them. And I'm proud of the work that I'm doing here too. Meredith makes it sound easy. But if you're getting concerned that all of this might be easier said than done, don't worry, I got you. We're throwing Meredith some scenarios to game out for us. And we'll hear more of her advice after the break. ADP knows anything you hear, anything you don't hear, anything you kind of heard, anything you weren't supposed to hear and now have to pretend like you didn't can change the world of work. From HR to payroll, ADP designs forward-thinking solutions to take on the next anything. I want to start with that word bragging, because if I'm being totally honest with you, Meredith, that word brag kind of turns my stomach a little. I was taught when I was a kid, you know, don't boast, right? Don't be a braggart. Don't be full of yourself. But your book is literally about bragging. So why? Why did you choose that word? Do we have to call it bragging? So I define bragging as stating facts about your work. They're not lies. They're facts strategically and cohesively to advance your career. And I also break down brag as bold, relevant, authentic, and goal-oriented. I know it's a difficult word. It makes everyone feel the same anxiety, disgust, fear, disdain. Um, But it's just representative of how limited our language is around these practices. And that's why I wrote on it. And maybe how limited our practice is of it too, right? Because if we had more terminology around self-advocacy, standing up for yourself, communicating your wins and your accomplishments, maybe we wouldn't be leaning on a word that, you know, at best has fallen a little out of the times and at worst has this kind of tough connotation to it. Absolutely. And the definition of brag is to talk about oneself with excessive pride. And that is so subjective. 
um, the fear of bragging strikes all the wrong people and the way that imposter syndrome just strikes all the wrong people. So if you're afraid of it, it's gonna be almost physically impossible. I've told clients, I've told people I've spoken to so many people at this point. If you have that fear, that self-awareness is probably going to stop you from overdoing it. I like that. Meredith, we got a few listener questions from people wondering if they really do have to brag at all. And I'm sure you know the type, the kind of employee who comes in, works hard, keeps her head down, and she thinks that's okay. She doesn't really brag about herself because people know she's working hard. Uh, As much as I'd like to tell you that your work speaks for itself, it doesn't. You have to market it. You have to tell people about it. And people have this misconception that talking about your work is fluff or it's wasting time, but it's actually a key part of your job and it makes you a better communicator and it makes you a better employee or manager. Okay, let's play it out. Let's say that I'm in a team meeting with a group of my colleagues and our boss is there too. It's a Monday morning. We're going around the room and we're doing a status update on some big project that we're working on. Can I slip a brag in there without being annoying? Of course. How? Well, uh, sometimes I feel like I'm, you know, as an entrepreneur, like really cosplaying um, corporate atmospheres. But I would say something like I'm working on this report. The data sets that I'm doing, I feel like are going really well. And I'm really excited to show it to you. If I pick that apart, right, this thing that you're having me do is going well. You didn't say I'm making it go well and I'm excited to give it to you. You didn't say you're going to love what I give you. You said, I'm just I'm proud of this. I'm excited to give it to you. Yeah. And that's really all this is. It's really self-advocacy and pride and voice and visibility. Okay, new scenario. Let's say that I'm at work and I step into the elevator and so does my boss's boss. So I have what, like 30 seconds if I'm going to say anything. And maybe I don't. Maybe I just stare down at my phone. How should I play those 30 seconds? Well, it depends what you want. And if this person is uh, someone who you need to impress or you want to make your boss look good in that moment, you know, there's some strategy happening here. That's a savvy choice. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like, oh, you know, good to see you. Like, hope you're having a great day. You know, insert some fluffy thing about your boss so then everyone looks good. That would maybe be a strategic decision of mine. If this person is going to be looking over your annual review. You could say, looking forward to talking with you in in our annual review. When you have such a short period of time, you get one thing and you don't want to rush it. No one likes to feel being that they're being pitched when they're in like an elevator. Yeah. It literally sounds like an elevator pitch. Yeah. And it, it never comes off as very genuine. So I would go with something soft. And then depending on the politics here, I would say, you know, if you're open to it, I would love to grab coffee and then have it be a more extended interaction. Nice. Another thing that can seem not so genuine and kind of fake and flat on its face is the humble brag. Can you detect those from a mile away? Are people like not as smooth about them as they think they are? Well, I detest the word. um, And why? I don't believe that humility and bragging are mutually exclusive. And I mean that in the way that I define bragging, stating facts. You can do it in a way where you say you're grateful and proud. What if I tell you that my beach house is only five bedrooms? <laughs> I mean, come on. There must be something that's just awful. Yeah. I mean, we've all seen stupid stuff like that. And my thing about humble brags is like, I would rather you say nothing than do it like that or qualify it with something. Just don't qualify it. Don't qualify it. Like, don't try to be humble about it. Either brag or don't brag. Like, please. That's <laughs> how I feel about it. Love it. Do it or don't. Yep. Do it or don't. But please do. <laughs> I want you to tackle one that I think is kind of tough. It's a question that I've been asked in performance reviews. Usually I'm totally prepared for this kind of stuff, but this is a question that just knocked me back on my heels. Tell me about your accomplishments. 
It's not specific. It is so broad. How would you tell people to prepare for that question, whether it's a performance review or job interview or anything else? Yeah, it's super unfair. And so I would... (laughs) Thank you, Meredith. Thank you. (sighs) So everything I do is reverse engineered. So what do these people want to hear and why? Am I gunning for a promotion? And if so, what does that bigger job entail? And how can I then tie a brag or accomplishment to it? Like it's telling people what they want to hear so that you can get what you want, which, wow, when I say it like that sounds real calculated, but you know what it is. You should be calculated in your career. So I would highlight accomplishments that I know they want to hear, that they consider successful. You know, if you have a company that wants hard numbers on things, giving them lots of soft stuff without hard numbers is not going to be as as effective. I also tell people bragging is a practice. Keep a brag journal, brag tallies five minutes every week, write down three to five things that went well. They can be as small as like, hey, I made it to work today. So there are going to be missteps along the way, right? And we can be gracious with ourselves about it. Help me wrap my arms around it, though. Can you think of a time when you were trying to brag about yourself? It just didn't go right. Yeah. So I was doing a panel and I decided I was going to win the panel instead of collaborating with (laughs) instead of collaborating with the other speakers. I came across really poorly and I think I could sense that. You could sense it in the room in real time? No, I got... With the way people were responding to you? I got great feedback in the room. Okay. Um, I got really good feedback um, for a bunch of things I said that I was proud of. But with the fellow panelists, I had such an opportunity for us all to collaborate. And instead, I said, no, me, 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 me. And um, I think I interrupted people a lot. I saw it as competition and not collaboration. Bragging better is a team sport. I want to be very clear about it. There's enough room mm. on the stage for everyone. And I remember five or six years later, um, a friend of mine, well, she's now my friend, uh, I had avoided her because I was on that panel and I was like, I'm going to win or whatever. And I said, hey, you probably don't remember this, but I want to apologize for my behavior. And she remembered and she said, thank you. She's like, you were really... She didn't say like you were really terrible, but I just missed a major opportunity with really accomplished women to connect with them. And instead, I just distanced myself and acted like a brat. That's going to stick with me. Bragging better is a team sport. I want to bring you to a comment that we got from one of our listeners, Diane Simard. She's a solo entrepreneur in Denver. And for her, how well her posts do on Twitter, LinkedIn, Instagram, all that is directly tied to her work because she's trying to find clients. My concern is that as I'm posting and sharing information that I don't want to cross the line and become too braggadocious, talking too much about myself and how great I am, how many awards that I've won, how do I remain relevant and impactful and showing results without going too much into how successful I really am? So in this case, I think it's, it's a worthy question, but it's also your livelihood and your business. Um, and so you have to repeat yourself over and over and over again. And especially if Twitter is a source of clients, that's what you have to do. This is your business. And these are the awards that you've won. And these are facts. These are not lies. And this is how you get paid. This is how you make a living. You're not just doing it to do it, but I've gotten that accusation as well, but I'm like, this is how I pay my rent. Like, sorry, that's what I'm doing. That's what gets me because I love that confidence. I'm here. This is what I'm doing. But let's talk about that fear, because what really got me listening to Diane's comment, it was less about what she's doing and more about how she feels doing it. It feels so vulnerable to put yourself out there. 
it is an act of vulnerability to unapologetically share your work or ask for business or ask for money or ask for recognition. It's all a risk. And so is talking about your work in an unapologetic manner. So we're all afraid of it. I'm still afraid of posting certain things. And I wrote a book, you know, I was like, wow, I really like put myself in a corner here because like, I can't, (laughs) you know, can't back out of it now. I wrote the book on it. Well, and, and that's something that I struggle with. I lean on friends. I lean on therapy. I lean on, you know, other, just lots of other people. I mean, you can't do this by yourself uh, and you shouldn't be doing this by yourself. And maybe you need a hype squad. A hype squad? Love it. (laughs) Hell yeah. But you can be your own hype squad, no matter who you are. If you can craft a sentence that makes you look good and makes somebody else feel good, you've probably hit the jackpot. And after our conversation, I'm not so scared off by the word bragging. Somehow, hearing Meredith reframe it really took away that cringe factor for me. You don't have to talk about how well you're doing something. You can just remind people you're doing it and say you're excited for them to see the results. Try that as a first step and build from there. Next week, we're sitting down with two of the best in the business to break down the confusing reality of the job market. If the headlines are making you dizzy, you're not alone. We've got two of my Wall Street Journal colleagues here to spell out how a hiring boom and mass layoffs and record low unemployment can coexist. Hint, it depends on your industry and where you're located. But never fear, our reporting team is here to make sense of it. That's next week. Like the show? Tell your friends to subscribe and give us a five-star review on your favorite platform. As We Work is a team effort, and it's a production of The Wall Street Journal. Charlotte Gartenberg is our producer. Jonathan Sanders is our booking producer. And Scott Salloway is our supervising producer. Jessica Fenton and Michael Laval are our sound designers, and Jessica Fenton composed our theme music. Editorial support was provided by Falana Patterson. Special thanks to the WSJ's Maddie Conti and Gretchen Tarrant for their help with this episode. I'm Erin Delmore, and not to brag, but right now, I'm enjoying putting together next week's episode. I'm really excited for you to hear it. I'll see you then. Okay, maybe that's a little brag. See what I did there? The Claude 3 model family by Anthropic is your one-stop shop for enterprise AI. Haiku is lightning fast and cost-effective, Sonnet strikes the perfect balance between skills and speed, and Opus sets new industry benchmarks for intelligence. Learn more at anthropic.com slash Claude.